So it was around October of my freshman year and, you know, uh, uh, talking to this one guy because he came up to me. So we started talking and we kind of hit it off. Um, and he was, he was super nice to me. He would like buy me expensive wines, stuff like that. He's buying all of these things and I don't know, living a, like a lavish lifestyle, but his current like job would not suggest to support that. So I was like a little confused. And then he eventually takes me over to his apartment and it's in a really, really, really nice place in London. And it's very large. And at that point I was like, what's going on? And we'd been seeing each other for a couple months. And then, you know, the information comes out, I get a bomb dropped on me that he is the son of a prominent Brazilian drug Lord. Hey, college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? On today's episode, I'll be interviewing Isabel. So if you could introduce yourself. Hi, um, my name is obviously Isabel. I live in New York and I go to NYU. I'm majoring in computer science and I'm a rising senior. Mm -hmm. Okay, so very like before we even get into high school, I guess, how was education viewed in your family? What were the expectations for you in terms of going into high school and then going into higher education, like college and university? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really interesting for me because I, I feel like, um, so my mother is Croatian. My father is Turkish. So I'm a first generation American. They both immigrated here in their late twenties. I think there's uh, this sort of pressure from first generation children to succeed uh, and perform but interestingly enough, my parents were very supportive about my own interest. Obviously, they wanted me to sort of lean towards STEM because they're both doctors. Uh, but they never sort of externally put the pressure on me. It was always very internal because of where I grew up. So, and especially because of the rest of my friends, I was always in like a very academically focused friend group. So I I always had really big expectations to, I mean, get into a top school, do really well in in high school, very little distractions. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Whether or not uh, all of my plans uh, like happen exactly how I wanted them to, uh, that's not exactly true, (laughs) but um, uh, you know, it's a process, right? Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the, I guess, demographics or the type of high school you went to. Tell me, was it a private school? Was it a public school? And then can you also add how many like AP classes, IB classes, like how many students were really striving to get into these top schools? So what was your school like in terms of higher education? Mm-hmm. Um, my high school, uh, I went to Rye High School. Rye High School is a public school, but the overall school culture is is very focused on getting kids into like top schools, Ivy League schools. There's a lot of like big test prep culture. Uh, the pressure is on basically everyone. So uh, it's, yeah, it was, it was a very uh, high intensity environment. And can you tell me going into high school, did you have a set plan on what you wanted to do, at least academically? Did you know that, okay, yeah, by the end of senior year, when I'm applying for college, I'll have this many APs, I'll have this many IBs? Mm-hmm. Um. So when I first went into college, I honestly had no idea what I was doing because my parents had no idea what I was doing. I'm the 
like the oldest child in my family. So I, I never really had a plan. I just remember like going through Reddit when I was 14 and just trying to figure everything out by myself. Yeah. So going through high school and then up until the end, let's talk about like the APs and grades and such. So by the end of high school, how many APs or IBs or honors classes did you take? Um, I, I was always just like taking as many honors as I possibly could, whether or not that was good for my mental health. Um, and I ended up taking around seven or eight APs in the end. Yeah. And did you take the test for those as well? Yeah, I took the tests. And what was your average score on those tests? Probably like a four. I mean, AP Latin is like notoriously impossible and I got a three on it and I was super happy about that. Uh, AP Latin, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I took Latin for seven years in high school and, uh, I can, I can, I can read it. I can't speak it, but, um, I, the test was actually impossible. Like you have to memorize sections of like Catullus and the Aeneid. And I did, I was just too lazy to do that in senior year. So I just didn't. And I like wrote like random things in the margins. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. And then what about your GPA, both unweighted and weighted? What did you submit to the colleges? Mm-hmm. My uh, weighted GPA was around a 4.022. And my unweighted GPA was like a three point, like nine something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess okay. I, like it's a, it was like a hundred, a hundred and like one, a hundred point. Oh, like I think it was a hundred point four actually. And then my unweighted was 90, was a 99 just flat. Yeah. Oh, so your school did the hundred percent scale. Yeah, they did like both. They gave you both. So that's why I'm like trying to remember. It was some it, around that, you know. Okay. And now, actually, I want to say, discuss one thing before we get into SAT, ACT. Mm-hmm. Did you have an idea of like going through high school? Did you know what you wanted to do? Like at all? Did you have any idea like, oh, I want to go into this? Regardless of the expectations put on you, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? Uh. No, I, in high school and like middle school, like for when I've, as long as I've been alive, like I, I've actually genuinely loved to learn. So I would like watch like Nova documentaries on like, like aliens and astrophysics. And I really went down this like conspiracy theory hole about space. And so when I was like 12 or 13, I decided, okay, I'm going to be an astrophysicist. So I actually... Um, that was actually the only plan I had in high school was to reconfigure my whole entire schedule so I could take AP physics in my junior year because it's only offered in senior year. But I was like, no, I'm going to take it in my junior year. And then I'm going to get really good grades. I'm going to submit them to this weird program in Nevada. And then I'm going to go to like where they have the telescopes and like these weird NASA programs for high schoolers. And, and then I'm going to be an astrophysicist. Um, but in terms of like what I actually should have been focusing on and what I was spending so much time on was reading. I think that like storytelling, art, um, and I know I'm a computer science major, but like I'll get to that later, um, have always been like actual passions of mine. Music, especially I was in musical theater for a very long time. Um, and I, I think that like subconsciously that was uh, what I was thinking of, but based on the uh, like the examples that I had growing up. And then also just like that weird niche interest in, in astronomy, I was like really pushing for STEM so hard. Yeah. Definitely get to your uh, astrophysicist plans a little bit later, but let's quickly go to (laughs) SAT, ACT. So SAT, same thing with the grades. Can you walk me through when you started, what preparations you did for 
either the SAT or ACT? And then what did your score end up being? Um, okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm a naturally really lazy person. Um, my parent, my mom had to force me to do SAT prep. Um, and I'm naturally lazy person. <laughs> I'm really lazy. Like I'm not exaggerating. Um, and every single time I hated meeting with the guy, he would like give me test practice questions. I wouldn't do them. Um, like I'm being hundred percent honest. Uh, so I took it twice. Um, and somehow like miraculously, I ended up getting a 1520. Um, yeah. So <laughs> with no preparation. Great score. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And with the schools that you did end up applying to, was a 1520 a good score? Like it put you at a safe spot? Yeah, I think it put me at a safe spot. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really, um, I remember there being so much discourse about what was like a good grade. And I remember being so stressed out about having to get above a 1500, because if you were in the 1400s, like with a 1490 schools would just like take your application and throw it in like the reject pile. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't think that's how it works, but like, that's just how I thought. <laughs> okay. So now on to the more fun stuff, mm-hmm. the more fun stuff of the application, which is extracurriculars. First, we have to talk about your plans with astronomy, being an astrophysicist. So, you know, what extracurriculars did you do related to that and what ended up happening there? Um, okay, so I had plans. Okay, so um, I live in New York and at Columbia University, there was this thing called like the high school student science, science honors program. And you have to take like this four hour test in order to get in. Um, and I, w- I was just like determined because I just wanted to go to Nevada really badly or I think it was Arizona, um, actually. So I, I took it like two years in a row and I got in in the second year um, mm-hmm. because I like didn't know how to do math when I was 15. I still don't, but anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, I think, thank God the science like section saved me and I was able to get in and I took a bunch of courses on um, like space, astronomy. Uh, I think I took a neuroscience class for fun as well. Uh, but they have all these, I guess, really cool offerings. Is this um, Columbia University? This is Columbia University. Yeah. What is the program called? It's called the Science Honors Program at Columbia, the SHP, I think. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's interested, definitely go and apply. The teachers are really cool. And um, uh, yeah, if you're like in the area. To oh, that's whoever. interesting. And taking classes there at that, I guess, it's not a subunit of Columbia, but you know, it's Columbia University. Did that would that do anything if you did apply to Columbia? Would that give you any advantage in the process? I'm just curious about that. I have no idea. I hoped it did. I mean, my top school at the time was Columbia University. Uh, and I, and I, I was like itching. I was so hungry to go there. Um, so I, I really hoped that it would help me. Uh, I don't think it did in the end cause I got rejected, which is fine. <laughs> but, uh, additionally, on top of that, I, I was in musical theater, uh, like for doing everything except for like just straight acting, because I think I just had really bad stage fright. And if I wasn't singing, then I was like, okay, feel awkward on stage or something. But yeah. Um, and I was also like directing a couple uh, like um, shows as a senior for uh, incoming freshmen and like sophomores already. Um, and yeah, I was on, I also did uh, varsity rugby as well. Why don't, how am I forgetting that? So those were the main activities that I did. Yeah. You have rugby in America? Yeah, they have a rugby team at Wright High School. Super fun. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to rugby a little bit. Let's go go to musical theater first. And you said that you committed a lot of time to theater. You spent like years and years on it. So can you tell me like where you started off with theater, when you started off? And then like, I guess, what was your role throughout high school with theater? What are the different responsibilities you had? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I've always had like horrible stage fright and um, I was just really tired of having it. So I was just like, okay, um, F it. I'm just going to like do a show. So this was when I was like 11 or 12 <laughs> and I was like meta conscious about it. Um, and so they were, I was, the theater I actually first started at was in Maine where Estelle lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Estelle is uh, one of my best friends and she was interviewed earlier, like in another mm-hmm. podcast. But anyway, um, they were doing a, 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 a musical for Dora the Explorer and I got cast as the head pirate piggy and that was like the best moment of my entire life uh, especially since I like messed up the audition and almost started to cry but you know life turns out okay sometimes and ever since then I just I was in like I guess I was in Cinderella I was in Fame the musical I was in Shrek the musical twice uh, I was in um, Anything Goes um, I was in Legally Blonde. I was in Fiddler on the Roof. A couple others I can't remember, but yeah. Did you act in all of those? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I acted stage? in all of those. Yeah, I was on, I was on stage. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, That's and how long did you do this for? Um, since you were eleven. Yeah, since I was eleven, I think. Mm-hmm. Any other responsibilities? Like, were you ever backstage doing stuff as well? Yeah, um, for some of the actual, like, just straight up acting, like the plays, I didn't want to do them. uh, And I kind of regret it now. So stupid on me. But I was a stage crew for those. Um, Yeah, that that was basically it. And I always did it through the school. I never reached out through, like, any private organization. Um, I just sort of liked the more, uh, like, the community that I was familiar with. I feel like when you go to theater to, like, a private place things get really dramatic. (laughs) So, and then you said senior year that you also helped with freshmen coming in to help them with someplace. So can you explain what you did there as well? Sure. Um, So we have this program called Senior Scenes. And basically when you're a senior, you can pick uh, a script, a play. I think you can even write one yourself if you want. And you uh, cast seniors, uh, not cast seniors, no, you cast freshmen and sophomores just because they don't have as many opportunities to get bigger roles because those usually go to the juniors and the seniors, um, like regardless of talent, which is, you know, whatever. Another topic for another time. It's another topic for another time. But, you know, we want everyone to get as much experience as they want and they deserve so we cast the younger uh, people into these roles and then we direct the scenes and we perform like they perform them, uh, you know, for an audience, which is super cool. Wow. Okay. So is that kind of everything related to theater? Yeah, that that's everything related to theater. Okay. And now let's go into rugby. Can you explain for the people who are watching? Cause I'm sure they're mostly Americans. What is rugby? Rugby is like better football. Okay. <laughs> Um, you, uh, basically have a ball that looks like a, like a football, except it's longer and wider and you, uh, have to get the ball from one end of the field to the other end of the field, just like with football, except in order for it to count as a goal, you have to touch it on the ground. Um, and you can like lift people up to 
like throw the ball back in when it goes out. Uh, it's a very popular European game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't heard of it uh, and you like watching football, you should try watching rugby because it's better. <laughs> and when, can you tell me when did you start rugby? And then you said you were varsity. So, you know, when did you become varsity and were you ever like captain or had any other roles? Uh, sure. So never captain, never wanted to be captain, didn't want that kind of leadership role. Uh, but I joined when I was um, in my junior year because I wanted something to do. And I don't know, I was like pressured into it by some friends. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so I, it was it's super fun. I'm so glad I did it. Uh, so yeah, um, varsity it's really interesting because so few people were on the rugby team. You just became varsity as soon as you like joined, Mm -hmm. like there was no, there was no like stress about it. So, I mean, that was a positive, uh, I guess, just because you have an extra thing to put on your resume, which is stupid, but whatever. Um, It's like, I guess how the system works. You can't really break it. Uh, Yeah. And um, towards the end of it, I I, like put a lot of effort into it. I really, really started to love it. And um, we started after, um, my junior year, it was more of like a rebuilding year because a bunch of the really good uh, seniors left and we were all terrible. But then our senior year, we got better. And um, at the end of it, we ended up like winning a couple of like tournament games. Um, and like I said, I, I think I put I put a lot of effort into it. Uh, and finally, like, I don't know, at the end, we usually have these like team dinners at the end to celebrate. Uh, they gave me like a, like a, I don't know, like the, um, what is it called when it's like... Uh, like role model teammate trophy, which is like the highlight of my life up until now. So yeah, that's basically it. It was like a little, you know, um, like a participation thing, but I'm so happy. Good job. Congratulations on that. Thank you. (laughs) So any other extracurriculars that you want to mention as well? Yeah. A couple of like clubs that I just did because I felt like I had to. Um, I was in the JSA, which is Junior States of America, for a little bit, and it's kind of like uh, like a debate club, and you go places. I was on the ski team for a little bit of time. Um, I was seriously, seriously considering moving to Killington, Vermont, to pursue skiing like full time. Forget academics, just like try and get to like Olympic level. <laughs> but then I got two concussions, and that was not going to happen anymore. <laughs> And then like, why are you playing rugby? I don't know. I like to live on the edge. Okay. Um, uh, I'm sure that there were others that just like weren't important to me. So I'm forgetting them, but yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Can you explain this professional skier? Where, where did that one come from? Oh, okay. So I've been skiing since I was like two or three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my parents put me into classes super young. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I wanted to like I was really really into it so we have this mountain nearby like 45 minutes away called Thunder Ridge and I joined the ski team there and um I we got chased by a llama down a mountain once that was fun fun almost live in the mountains in America (laughs) yes there's this one farm that was at the top of the mountain and it got loose and it chased us all the way down during the dry season in October uh great story um Yeah. So I continued up until ninth grade, but then during one, uh, this is like, I, this is honestly the stupidest decision I've ever made in my life, but, uh, between, between, uh, races during one competition, we were just like doing something fun, like just recreational skiing. I decided to do a jump and I like 
I don't know, like a 360 kind of thing. I ended up like going really, really fast. I should have been able to control myself, but I didn't because I wanted, like, I just wanted to like prove that I could do this trick, but I ended up falling, getting my ski caught and my helmet hit the ground so hard. I'm pretty sure like my brain hit the sides of like my, the, my skull or something. I blacked out. I woke up, did not know where I was. Um, they took me down and I like BS'd whatever test they gave me. Cause I just, I remembered that I like, I, after a, like a couple minutes, I remembered that I have to ski and they were like, it, it's fine. They, well, they still told me not to ski, but I told them I was fine. Um, and <laughs> I ended up skiing, but I got last obviously, because I, I literally hit a pole in the middle while I was skiing down the mountain, like two stupid decisions. Um, and the, I just had to pull out of, you know, that particular dream just because I didn't want to hurt my head anymore. Yeah. Was that, a con- that was a concussion, right? That was the concussion. Yeah. It was a really bad concussion. Well, so you stopped after ninth grade. Yeah. I stopped after ninth grade. Yeah. That is tragic. Where, where do you think you would be if that had not happened with skiing? If I, if I decided to move to Killington, Vermont, I, I mean, I honestly have no idea. Maybe I would have been like continually lazy. Like I am normally, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. Honestly, that's probably what would have happened. But I mean, maybe I, I, I would have gotten, you know, to go to like bigger competitions, nationals really hone in onto that craft. Uh, my dream was like one of them along with being an astrophysicist at that time was to like go to the Olympics. Um, but I'm honestly glad it didn't pan out just because I'm lazy. <laughs> you have such great stories from high school. My God. Okay. So let's go on to colleges now. When did you start thinking about like, not just, Oh, we didn't, we still have to go through like essays and stuff. Let's quickly go through essays. So sure. With your Common App essay, did you applied Common App for most schools? Yeah, I applied Common App. Mm-hmm. And what did you write your main essay about the 600, 650 word one? Um, I wrote it, so I was between two. I was between, I guess, just talking about my own background and my parents' background. And I guess like growing up as a first generation American. And then I also was uh, between talking about uh, the aftermath of, I guess, one of my friend's suicide attempts and how I dealt with that, the music and like everything that I did and how I plan to do that in the future and like bridge it with them. Yeah. Wanted to talk about being a first generation, like American in a very uh, homogeneous town, especially, you know, my dad is Turkish. My mom is Croatian. They both like have accents. Um, uh, I was always like very self-conscious about my hair growing up. So hair's beautiful. I, I was pretty. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but I, I sort of wanted to not talk about that because I didn't want to like give that narrative any power. So yeah, I just like chose not to write about that. I don't know if that would have been a good essay topic either, but um, like I landed on this one. So, and with college essays, like it's really stressful because you don't know what the admissions officer wants. But did you ever think like it's a very sensitive topic. Did you ever think, I don't want to be like too emotional or did you say like, oh, what if they don't find this funny enough or something like that? Did that ever run through your mind when writing an essay, when writing oh, that I, essay? When the, the only thing that stressed me out the most about, like the thing that stressed me out the most about applying to college was this essay because, um, I don't know, I feel like so many kids have this expectation that they need to be, they need to have like crazy stories or they need to really hit hard, like, 
They need to be funny. They need to be everything at once. I, I really felt like that. And I, I just thought, okay, what's the best way that I can like really create an emotional impact. And um, I think that that's why I landed on this, this one, just because I wanted to be able to move the college admissions officer so that maybe they cared about me enough that they wanted to consider me. Yeah. And I think one more, I guess, part of your application we have till we move on to the actual colleges is recommendation letters. So you can give a quick, I guess, splurge on recommendation letters. Where, mm-hmm. who did you get them from? And then I've come across this new thing. It's called a brag sheet. Like you write what you want your teachers to put in that recommendation letter. So did you do anything like that when asking for a recommendation letter? No, <laughs> I just like, okay. I, I took AP Lang in high school and there's this one teacher. He was so hard on me. He, I, I've always been someone who like likes to uh, share my opinions in class. Uh, very, um, very uh, ungracefully. And he was also, he was always really, really hard on me for that. But uh, he like, improved my writing so, so much. And at the end, we, like, he became one of my favorite teachers. I just asked him and he was like, sure. Then I asked my Latin teacher because I had him forever. And I'm pretty sure I asked my math teacher as well. And that was it. Yeah. Okay, So let's move on to colleges now. When did you start thinking about, yes, you have your college application, but when did you start thinking about which specific schools you wanted to apply to whether that's, you know, going on walking tours or doing some online research, when did you start that search for the colleges that you wanted to apply to? Uh, Yeah. So my mom and I, we made like a giant spreadsheet of all the colleges that we were considering and we color coded it um, after like we both figured out what we were doing because when I was a freshman, we did not. So this was like sophomore, like I was a rising junior. We started touring colleges then it was the whole entire process was really lax in my house. Uh, but at the same time, it wasn't. Uh, so yeah, we visited mostly Ivy league schools. Um, and we, I think, yeah, that was basically it. I also think that because they didn't really understand the American college application process and they grew up in places where everything was very, uh, just like test score based. They were, they thought that like getting into an Ivy league school would be something where you just have to have the right grades and they'll, accept you because that's how it is, in, I guess, in Europe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, learned it the hard way. That's not how it is, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. So in the end, which schools did you apply to? And can you categorize them into more safeties, targets, and reaches? Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied to Cornell, Columbia, Harvard, Yale, um, Dartmouth, Brown, did not apply to Princeton because I didn't like orange. <laughs> um, I also didn't think I'd have a good chance of getting in. Um, yeah. And then I applied to NYU. I applied to Tufts. I'm pretty sure I applied to Brandeis. I applied to MIT for fun, but I didn't really want to go or think I was going to get in. Um, not that I thought I was going to get into any Ivy League schools. I just want to preface that. Ivy League schools are a crapshoot. Like, I, I really didn't think I was in, like, Anyway, um, I also applied to, um, I think I applied to SUNY Bing, um, and then I applied to, I don't know, a couple other, uh, like a couple other state schools as safeties. Yeah. And then which schools did you get accepted? 
I guess, waitlisted and then either rejected or accepted and then rejected from? So I got rejected from every single one. I got accepted into Boston University. That was also the one I applied to. I got accepted to NYU. I got waitlisted at UChicago, which I also applied to. I got waitlisted at Harvard and I got waitlisted at Cornell, but then eventually rejected from those three. Yeah. Okay. And then I have, okay, so you got into Boston University and NYU and then did you get into your state schools as well? No, I got rejected from like all the other schools. You got into NYU, but you got rejected from your state schools? Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting there. Okay. And was money an issue for you when you were thinking about which schools that you would like of the schools that you got accepted into, was money ever an issue for you or were you fine with, I guess, financial? I, I was fine. Um, I, I wasn't really worried about it just because my parents were, I guess they've been, they, I guess they've been saving up since I was like before I was born. Also to go back, I think the state schools I applied to were like in the UC system. So that's why they, they were like, like hard state schools to get into. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. okay. And then between Boston university and NYU. Why did you choose NYU? Um, I, so I got in conditionally to NYU where I had to go and be in the liberal studies program and they would send me off to like London for a year. Uh, (laughs) yeah. So that's why my first year was in London. Um, I didn't really want to go to Boston university just because I, I didn't like the dorms there. Um, that's what it came down to really came down to that. I also just, it actually really came down to that because when I went to Boston University after I got accepted, when they have those like, oh my God, welcome, we accepted you, haha, like let's all like brag about ourselves type of thing, which like I hate, but whatever. There was this really, really, really cool Russian professor who was talking about like language evolution. And that was cooler than anything NYU had ever done. But then NYU was like, we're going to send you to London. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to go to London. <laughs> and then you decided to go to NYU. Okay. So we've gone through your college application process now. I mean, you're in NYU. Now we're going to go into college experience. So you said NYU accepted you on the condition that you would spend your first year of college in London. Can you explain why that is and yeah, like why that is and what you did in London for one whole year? Mm-hmm. Um, so NYU likes, I think that they want to admit as many students as possible Uh, When you are applying to NYU, they give you the option to, I guess, select your first choice, like sub school, which was the College of Arts and Sciences for me. Um, But then they also have this like sneaky little option, which is like, if you don't get accepted into this, then uh, would you like to be considered for our liberal studies or global liberal studies program? Um, And me not knowing what that was, I just like checked it and I was like, okay, (laughs) I didn't even think about it. so yeah, uh, basically it's a, it's like an offset of the CAS program and you have to take a specific set of courses that are very, they're fun and liberal artsy and they send you to like a country or one of their um, abroad campuses and you just have your first year there. So, um, so is it like completely funded by NYU or there dorms there that you guys stay at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have uh, a whole set of dorms, like multiple dorms in London, actually. I think it's one of their biggest abroad campuses. Uh, And they have like their own academic center as well with their own professors that they like outsource from other (laughs) surrounding schools as well, which is super cool. Uh, Yeah. Well, tell us about London. Like, 
I typically ask about, you know, the city or the place that your college is at, but you spent your first year in London. So tell us about London. Mm -hmm. Is it as pretty as people say it is? Is it (laughs) worth the visit? How was your experience there? It's as cloudy as people say, um, for sure. I, um, I think it was a hard adjustment period just because like when you're 18 and you just get sent off away from your family, especially if you're close to your family for a whole entire year and you have like the, the, like the whole entire intern, like all of Europe basically at your fingertips. Cause this was before, um, uh, the UK left the EU. Uh, it, it's, it was really, it was definitely really crazy. I, I definitely have to say that London is, is very pretty. There are lots of pretty places. Um, the walk from my dorm to the academic center was like long every single morning. That's the number one thing I remember because I am a lazy person. Um, but yeah, no, there's a really cool, there's a really cool like food scene there. Like a lot of experimental fusion restaurants, um, it's always busy, definitely not as busy as New York city though. Um, and everyone there is really, really nice, like nicer than in New York. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. And so you're, when you were in London compared to like, when you went back to the NYU campus, were you basically doing the same thing? Just going to classes, taking a few classes each semester? Or was there like some sort of requirement for you being in London? Um, well, so basically the, the way that I took classes in London differed a little bit because, so there were about only 80, 80 freshman students, um, mm-hmm. in campus and it decreased, uh, over time just because a couple of kids, you know, they, I guess dropped out, um, which is totally fine. Uh, and I, like, I totally understand cause it's like really hard being abroad or they found a way to transfer back to the New York campus because like being abroad your first year is really, really tough. Um, but it's also fun. Uh, but yeah, so uh, because the classes were really small, I, I had classes like my maximum number of classes, like, my, I mean, the maximum number of kids in my classes was like 15. So we would go on like field trips to, I don't know, historical sites or like museums and stuff like that. It, w- it was it was almost like an extension of high school in a weird way. It was like a nice transitionary period, I have to say. Um, and because uh, I, London is smaller and like also height wise, you definitely feel like you have, I don't know, like a closer, I, ha- I felt like I had a closer connection to everything just because um, I didn't feel like I was like drowning in super huge buildings and like millions. And I mean, London is full of millions of people as well, but I feel like there's like a very specific, I don't know, like Northeast vibe that New York city gives off. Yeah. So like the, the class structure was, it was super nice. Um, and we had required classes to take. Uh, there were, basically like history classes, essay writing classes, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. And were you just out of curiosity, were you able to travel to other countries in Europe as well? Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I went to France. I went to, I went to Turkey. Um, I went to Italy. Um, I definitely went to others, but I'm like blanking. (laughs) That's amazing. And you have a interesting story about your time in London. So would you like to share oh, it? Oh, yes. Oh, what a wonderful story. Um, okay. So it was around October of my freshman year. And um, I, I don't remember exactly how this happened, but I was just minding my own business and, um, you know, uh, uh, talking to this one guy because he came up to me, I guess, 
I like caught his eye or something. Um, and, uh, I thought I would never see him again because like I left the area that I'm going to keep the details pretty general just because, yeah, because I left the area. Um, and then two weeks later, randomly, like I, I saw him again, like in the street. Uh, and so then I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Um, just because London is really big. So we started talking and we kind of hit it off. Um, and he was, he was super nice to me. He would like buy me expensive wines, stuff like that. Um, but he had this, uh, job at, um, like a popular restaurant chain that's especially popular in New York city. Um, and it expanded to London and I was like, Hmm, okay. So he's buying all of these things and I don't know, living a, like a lavish lifestyle, but his current like job would not suggest to support that. So I was like a little confused. Then eventually like I meet his friends and they're all like, I don't know, like models and like musicians and it was really weird. And then he eventually takes me over to his apartment and it's in a really, really, really nice place in London and it's very large. And at that point I was like, what's going on? And we'd been seeing each other for a couple months. And then, you know, the information comes out, I get a bomb dropped on me that he is the son of a prominent Brazilian drug Lord. So then I, um, I, I feel like most people would be scared. I was just, I was just like happy that I finally got an answer as to why he was living such a lavish lifestyle. And then I just like cut it off. Cause I was like, all right, this is, this is not a good place to go down. Uh, yeah. Hope he's doing well though. How are you not scared? Do you ever think like, Oh, if I break up with him, what's going to happen to me? No, because like he, he was always like really nice and respectful. Like, I, I don't know. I, maybe he grew up in like a like a really respectful family. Like he was just like, oh, okay, and then he like let me go. Okay. Do you have any other? I don't want to ask anymore because I think it'll be too detailed if I go into more questions. Do you have any other interesting stories from London? Um. Well, okay. I don't know if this is an interesting story, but I do remember. I do remember getting lost in Paris for like 72 hours with a dead phone. And that was like really bad. Um, and then trying to find my way back to London through uh, um, that like train, the Euro, what's it called? That like Euro, the, the train that goes from London, further with France to London, you know, the underground one. Okay. I think I've heard of it. You know I mean, about? I've never been to Europe. So. I, okay. Anyway. Um, but then <laughs> It, everyone was on strike. So it took eight hours to, um, to get onto the train and then another eight hours to get back, which is supposed to be like a one hour, 45 minute ride. Yeah. Nice. With, a, with, with, with like a, with like a dying, like dead phone. <laughs> so that was nice. Okay. So let's go on to, so second year you go to NYU campus, right? Yes. And was this your first time on the campus or had you been there before, like coming in your second year? I mean, like I visited it before. I remember visiting it when it, I visited it actually for the first, for the first time, not really for the first time. Cause like I live in New York, but like, I actually was like, oh my God, look, it's the library. Um, that doesn't sound enthusiastic at all. But um, when I was, uh, when I was turning 18, it was like literally my 18th birthday and it was the most disgusting weather outside and it was April and it was like 32 degrees. But anyway, 
Um, I remember visiting it and I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is kind of nice. Um, it's a little crowded though, but obviously it's New York. Um, but yeah, it was the first time that I like actually was inside buildings because I, I skipped the real tour. Like yeah, when I, and yeah. I've heard a lot about the NYU campus and from the videos, like I've watched when they, like when people visit NYU, they're like, oh yeah, it's a great school. But there seems to be no distinction between the campus and the city itself, New York City. Do you feel that way? Like the NYU campus is just part of the city. It's not its own little area. Um, well, I feel like, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But I love it because I, I just I wouldn't like the idea of being in such an insular community. Um, and I think I definitely like felt like that, especially since coming from London, since there were like two NYU buildings and it, they were like spread over a large place. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I like the idea of having access to a bunch of like different places and different people. And I feel like when you're on a co- college campus, especially an isolated college campus, you're sort of like trapped in just that community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the good things about NYU. Um, and I, and, and like connecting back to when I originally like really wanted to go to Columbia, I, I definitely see how NYU is like a much better fit for me just because, um, I honestly like the campus at Columbia is beautiful, but I don't think that I would have like fit in there anyway. Yeah. And in terms of classes themselves, can you tell me, cause you are a computer science and creative writing double major. Can you tell me how you arrived upon that major? Like, I guess, yeah, at NYU? So, um, Thank you for hyping me up. I'm actually a creative writing minor, not a creative writing major. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm a computer science major. So I arrived on this decision uh, very uh, not gracefully, ungracefully. So my original plan was nothing. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to be a politician. But then at the same time, I was still thinking about astrophysics, but I had kind of given that up since I got a three on the AP and I was like, I'm too lazy now. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. So then I went back and forth, like between nutrition. And then I wanted, was like, no, I'm going to become a doctor. So I actually transferred out of liberal studies into the nutrition program, which is at a different school at NYU. Then I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to be a nutritionist for the rest of my life. I want to tell people what to eat. That's so dumb. Just go on the internet. Um, And then I transferred out of that. And then I was like, okay, I'm pre-med. So then I loaded my classes with pre-med stuff. And then, uh, yeah. So then I took an intro to CS program just because I was like, okay, well, like like, I I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, And then at that point, I was just like, okay, well, I'll just be a computer science major. (laughs) It was really just more, I I, like, I never like did it because I had any passion. I was just like, okay, I don't hate it. So I'll just do it. But I I actually, I really, I I like coding now. Um, Yeah. And then creative writing was more of a thing where I had decided to be a, um, a minor in bioinformatics and I was taking bio and like, I love bio. I I honestly, it's amazing. If I could do it again, maybe I'd be an evolution. If I could do it again, I'm literally 21. Um, maybe I'd be an evolutionary biologist. Uh, but um, at the same time, like when I was also in the Columbia Science Program, I remember taking a biology course and we were like going on these crazy field trips in the middle of like 90 degree humid heat. And I didn't like that. So never, maybe not. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I've always liked books and reading so much. And I just thought at 
like, and I think today that I really need that creative outlet in order to balance computer science because otherwise I will lose my mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you like computer science now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like computer science now. Like, is it, is it my number one passion? No, but I like that it allows me to do many things. Like I like the flexibility it gives me. So let's talk about NYU as a school itself. Like not just about the classes, tell us about the dorms at NYU. What is the food like at NYU, the social, I guess, yeah. social part of NYU, like the culture. Okay. Campus. The culture is very non-centralized. Um, so I, I'm kind of friends with people from a bunch of different schools in NYU. Like, uh, I have a couple of friends from Tisch, from CAS, uh, ones who were like previously in LS because you transfer out of LS into the College of Arts and Science when you're um, uh, when you're going into ju- when you're going into your junior year, um, and then a couple like of friends who are also doing CS like I am. Um, but yeah, I actually had joined a sorority when I first got back from. Um, London just because I really wanted to make some friends. I think that the party scene is definitely uh it's not necessarily hard to get into parties like when you go to a party they're they're quite fun. Um but you have to sort of like I feel like the parties that people have are sort of group wise. So like if you're if you join a sorority which and the uh, Greek life on campus is not big at all. Um but like if you want to go to parties, just kind of have to get in with, I guess, like a specific genre of people. And then those people kind of host parties and that's basically it. Um, but you can definitely meet like so many new people, uh, especially uh, if you're on campus your first year. Uh, that's definitely helpful. <laughs> Don't go to London if you want to meet a lot of people. Um and uh, everyone's doing a different thing. Everyone has different interests. If you like, like challenging yourself with different perspectives, then definitely go to NYU. Um, if I feel like introverts and extroverts can both thrive there. Uh, in terms of the food, so like I'm a vegan um, and I have been for seven years, but I don't know. I don't really eat the food at NYU <laughs> just because I've never had to like have a dining um hall pass like I've never had to do that because I was in London my first year and it's only a requirement your first year uh so yeah like the food I've had there is okay like it's it's nothing special but you're you're in New York so you could probably get any food you could possibly dream of just by going to a restaurant you know mm-hmm. yeah and what about the dorms at NYU oh the dorms um, they like in the city too so I can't really okay I actually God, I have a dorm horror story. So my first semester being back at NYU, I was uh, roomed with this with this girl and like, God bless her. I hope she's doing okay now. But uh, she, every single, so my dorm was on, was in Union Square. That's where one of the dorms are. Um, we had like really nice south facing windows. So we would always get light into our, dorm and I was super happy about that but after meeting this girl she like she was nice to me for one day and then she wouldn't talk to me like every single time I was in the dorm she would just like hide under her covers go into bed and she would she would close the blinds so the whole entire room was dark for like 24 hours I and every single time I opened them they would be light for 20 minutes and she'd go back and she would close them and she wouldn't talk to me she would not say a single thing to me 
Um, and it got to the point where I was just so sick of her presence or lack thereof because she was just being so rude about everything that um, I got out of the dorm contract and moved into an off-campus apartment with one of my best friends who now lives in Sweden, um, but she went to NYU before the pandemic. Um, and we just like got a dorm together. So yeah. <laughs> Whoa, wait. So this girl didn't talk to you for no reason? No, she, she didn't talk to me. Like, I have no idea why she wouldn't talk to me. I, I genuinely don't know what was going on with her. But, like, I hope she's okay if if it was, like, a mental health thing. But I definitely did not feel, like, <laughs> I definitely did not feel good in that room. It was not a healthy environment. And this is, like, an extreme, right? This is not most no, 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 no. I, like, listen, my, my thing is, is that if you don't have a bad roommate experience at least once in college, then you did not go to college, you know? You, yeah <laughs> it's just it's just a part of college it's a part of the process I feel like when you're living with someone um it, it's also just like a learning experience because living with someone is hard honestly I hate having a roommate like I don't like sharing my bedroom with anyone it's horrible I don't like their presence I'm like I'm an introvert I need to recharge I don't like when you're around so like I'm gonna be doing my stuff and then I can go hang out with you uh, but yeah, it's just that people are messy. People don't clean up after themselves and that's okay. But, 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 but here's the thing. But if you find like that one perfect person to room with and you get separate bedrooms, it could be the most amazing thing. Like if you room with your best friend and you're on the same page about everything and there's really good communication, it's super fun. It's amazing. And that's what it was like with my best friend. Um, yeah. But in general, the dorms, like they're not small. They're kind of big. You get like normal dorm furniture, um, the nice thing about when I was in London was that they had like a weekly cleaning service for the dorms, which they don't have in New York. So yeah, <laughs> just, um, disappointing. Uh, yeah. And they have like dorms everywhere. Uh, I feel like if you dorm as a freshman at NYU, you definitely like get more of a sense of community and there's probably more drama anyway, just because everyone has to dorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. And I want to do a few more like topics on NYU before we wrap up. So number one, I mean, I've heard of NYU, obviously, a lot of people have, but what is NYU like famous for? Are there any special programs that they're renowned for? Are there, I don't know, internship opportunities that they offer that no other school offers? So, like what makes them distinguished apart from being a really selective school? Yeah, I mean, I think that the two main things about NYU, like what they're known for is their business school, NYU Stern, and their art school, which is Tisch, um, neither of which I'm a part of. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, that's basically it. I'm like, more, I'm, I'm in CAS and that's sort of like the, uh, just like the general, <laughs> here, go do something random. Like, we don't care. I have a question about, mm-hmm. perhaps this is postgraduate, but I was like researching like, does the college you go to matter for, like, future employment? And I saw this one law firm in New York, and I think it's the top law firm in the United States, and they recruit exclusively out of seven schools. I think one of those schools being NYU. So does NYU have a good law program? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. NYU has a really good law program. Um, It's, like, number six in the country. NYU also has a great medical school, which is free, by the way. Um, You don't have to pay tuition to go to the NYU Medical School because they, like, I don't know, funded it for years and years through rich philanthropists. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's great. Mm -hmm. And one more thing, internships. Have you done any internships in your time in college? Um, No, but that's because uh, 
I'm in a startup right now. And so that's kind of like taking a place of what an internship would be just because, um, I don't know, I, uh, any internship that I would really like, I I'm always open to internships and I love getting new experience, but right now I'm just sort of, uh, like focused on the work that I can do mm-hmm. and like just to solve a problem. And right now that startup is stand out. I'm sure you talked about this. You can talk about it if you want a little bit. Can I? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So our goal right now is to democratize the, uh, internship, a finding experience for high schoolers, just because we know how difficult of a time we had sort of finding out who we were in high school, but then also like tailoring it to our college applications. And after all of that struggle, and especially through Estelle's, uh, my best friend who I'm working on the startup with, she's CEO, but no, but like actually she's CEO. Um, uh, she, she found like three internship opportunities and she was super successful and gone to Chicago um, despite her struggles with testing, which was amazing. So I, I think that like, I mean, any advice for high schoolers right now is seriously try and take uh, uh, like take any internship opportunities that you can find that you're interested in. Really, those will help you grow the most as a person, especially since they're in a non-structured like they're probably in a structured environment, but they're not structured like school. And those are the places where you can really diversify your interests, especially since when you go to a high school, especially a traditional high school, it's very, you know, um, uh, rigorous in the sense that it's sort of like modeled after like assembly line, assembly line learning. Uh, yeah, no. So eventually we want to, uh, provide these opportunities to people who don't have the connections or who have more of a difficult time like securing these high barrier to entry opportunities. Yeah. So Estelle did talk about in um, the interview I did with her and she gave me her email and the link to the website. Do you want to give us your email and I can put it in the description of the podcast? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, my email is... Uh, right, right in the chat, right in the chat. Oh, copy it. Great. Do you want the website link as well, or did she give it uh, to I got the website link. Okay, perfect. Now, before we wrap up here, I want to do one more thing, and I do this with everybody, which is advice, number one, for high schoolers, and then number two, for college students. So what advice would you give for high school students? Again, this can be about anything. It can be general life advice or something specific to the college application process, and then same with college students. I mean, I think for everyone, it's just you have to do what – you act what you're actually interested in. Um, I feel like so many people, like I said before, tailor their interests based on what they think will impress people or impress admissions officers. And it's just like, it sends you down a spiral and it's super toxic. You just really have to do what you love. And obviously me saying that comes from a place of, I would say like relative privilege, just because I mean, sometimes maybe you don't have the time or the resources to to do the things that you love. But like, if you do, please do them and please like put the, your desired time into them because it will pay off if you put enough time into it. Like everyone's always talking about, I don't have the talent to do something. Uh, if you if you really care about something, do it. Like for example, um, one of my biggest passions is actually like music production and, so- and like songwriting, composing, stuff like that. Um, I just always put that on the side 
and I let it out through musical theater or whatever, but it was never something I prioritized just because I never thought that it would anywhere or it would uh, do anything for me. But if you're really passionate about something that maybe isn't super, I don't know, like straightforward, it's like, like law or medicine or something STEMI, just do it anyway. Just please just do it anyway. You know, like who cares? We're all going to die. <laughs> um, and I think that goes the same for like people in college. Um, if you have no idea what to major in, just major in something. It's not the end of the world. Uh, you can do something else with your life. Like the, I'm majoring in computer science, but I guess my dream is to go into, I guess, something like animation or entertainment, something like that uh, eventually, uh, or even just continue with entrepreneurship. So it's, it's, I feel like so many people put pressure on college as this be all end all thing. And now like as a college senior, I just, honestly, I I'm realizing more and more that (laughs) all the pressure that you put on yourself doesn't matter. And you just really have to do the things that you love to do. Yeah. So thank you very much and have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye Bye. That's it for my interview with Isabel. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you subscribe. I'll link all the information down in details to Isabel's startup, Standout Search. And also down below will be the information to my website, College Reality Check, and my Instagram, underscore a college kid underscore. Next week, I'll be releasing an interview with Mark and Anna from the podcast College Admissions with Mark and Anna, where we will discuss how to create a character and a personality behind your college application. Hope to see you then. Hey.